Welcome to Momentum Church. Um, so, if y'all are ready for my sermon title, I need to hear you say I'm ready. ready. Alright, so the sermon title for today is, well, that was too much. <laughs> that was too much. All right, anybody ever said that before? Well, that was too much. We always say that whenever it's something bad that happens, right? Whenever something doesn't go the way that we wanted it to. Um, I got a chance to uh, go stay at my friend Chance's house. He's one of the elders here. I got to stay at his house last night, uh, which was awesome. And I told him, I warned him, uh, like, hey, I am really nervous because I have to leave early in the morning to go get ready for my sermon. I'm worried I'm going to wake your family up on the way out. And he's like, no, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, You know, we're upstairs, guest room downstairs. You don't have to worry about that. It's not a big deal. And we'll never hear you. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, Okay. So I'm still, I'm a little bit freaked out by it. Well, middle of the night comes, it's three o'clock in the morning and I got to use the restroom and I'm half asleep. So I make it to the restroom successfully. Thank you. And I go to open the door uh, to get out of the bathroom. And I swear in my sleep deprived mind, I'm thinking this door has to weigh 200 pounds. (laughs) Turns out it only weighs like 12 ounces. And so I throw this door open with all the authority of an eighth grader that's mad, he has to do homework again. And it makes such a loud noise that I'm like, there's a Marine living upstairs that I am sure has weapons in the house and may or may not remember that I am downstairs. All of my fears are coming to light right now in this moment. And so as I throw the door open, it's like, well, that was too much. Yeah, that was too much. It's easy whenever we have like silly things, you know, that go wrong in life. It's like, oh yeah, we can admit that. That didn't go the way that we wanted it to. It's whenever we get into more serious things in life where you're like, you're kind of embarrassed that it's still a problem for you, you know, like the Oreos. Like we don't want to say, well, that was too much, right? Like if you're trying to go into the new year, you know, dieting, exercising, all of that, you know, like for, for a lot of the guys in the room that are hitting the gym for the first time and you realize there's people around and they could potentially be watching you even though they really don't care what you're doing. You know, and you try to throw extra weight on the bar and you're like, oh, well, that was too much, right? Like, we don't want to admit whenever it's too much in life. But I think if we are going to move forward successfully in whatever it is that we're trying to better ourselves in, whether you're a Christ follower or not, it doesn't matter. Whatever that is, like, I, I feel like we need to be willing to admit that like, that was too much for me. Whatever the, whatever the that was, that was too much. Like, we got to start identifying just wins and losses. Like, let's just... Let's make it super simple, black and white, wins and losses. And you're like, those of you that know me, you're like, of course, you know, Brantley's crazy competitive. Of course it's about wins and losses. Uh, my oldest son just turned 14 this week and I took him laser tag and right before Jennifer had to leave to go take our, uh, our niece and drop her off, she was like, don't take it easy on him. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's like a sixth love language, you know what I'm saying? Like, permission to be overly competitive with children. <laughs> Nobody came close to my score. <laughs> yeah, wins and losses. I think, I think everything should be wins and losses. Like every, every little situation should be a win and a loss. Like let's just call it what it is, you know? Like in, in the argument that you just had, did I win or did I lose? And I'm not saying like, did you win the argument or lose the argument? Like that's not the thing. Did you win or did you lose in how you handled the argument? You know what I'm saying? That text message that you just wanted to pop off real quick because you got the wrong response 
You know, did you win or did you lose with that text message? Did you win or did you lose with the post that you just put on social media? You know what I'm saying? Did you win or did you lose in how you spent your money this week? Like, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Did you win or did you lose? And the, the problem, the reason why most people will not admit whenever they've lost is because we like to identify ourselves in the wins, okay? And so what I mean by that is, is whenever we start to win, it's really easy for us to label ourselves and identify ourselves as winners. And we're like, yeah, man, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. For all you people that grew up in the 2000 era, you're welcome. <clears throat> yeah, we like to identify ourselves as winners, right? It's, it's so easy at that point. I just won, man, I'm a winner. That's right. Yeah. But the problem with that logic is that our brain also understands that rationally, if when we win, we're a winner, then whenever we lose, well, what, what, when, what, what are we at that point? We're losers, right? We don't like that. That doesn't sound good. So we justify our losses. No, I just came in second place. No, you're the first loser. <laughs> if you didn't win, you lost, right? Like, let's just call it what it is. But we don't want to identify ourselves as losers. That's, that's awful, right? Some of you might, and that's a different sermon for a different day. <laughs> right? We don't want to call ourselves losers. Um, you know, but I, I think, like, um, whenever it comes to Christianity specifically, if we want to be able to move forward as Christ followers... I think it's really important that we have some self-dialogue, you know? At the end of whatever is happening every day, we should be able to, to, to ask ourselves, did I win or did I lose, right? Or, you know, to, to take it more spiritually, was I righteous or did I sin? And once again, we don't, we don't really like that, you know? But we know whenever we haven't done right. We know, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We know whenever we haven't done right. And, and Paul's trying to help us out. He says, look, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, right? The times that you lose, it's evident. We know. We know whenever we've lost. All right, but here, here's a list. Here's a quick list. Which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. Carousing, boy, that was, that's, I, I don't know what I, I did not pronounce that carousing and things like these, right? He's like, here's, here's a basic list, but it goes on and on. Like, you know, right? Outbursts of anger. I joke that I parent like a bank robber. Whenever I come in, I'm like, kids, everybody shut up and get on the ground, right? Like, that's not okay. I lost, right? I lost in those moments. We all know. We all know. But, you know, the thing is, is like, we also, I want to be rational and, and understand. I get why we lose. We all do it. We all win. We all lose. It's going to happen, right? You had a terrible week this week. It started whenever the, 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 the washer broke, right? The washer broke, and you're like, dang, we got to fix that, you know? And, and that happened like the night before. And then the next morning, power went out, so your alarm didn't go off. Now you're running late to work. That's super frustrating. So now you're all tense because you don't like being late. So then you get to work and then you realize all of the customers have lost their minds. It must have been a full moon the entire week. 
They're all nuts, right? And so you're doing your best. And one of them is giving you a problem that you've never actually encountered before. And so now you're like, wait, I thought I knew how to do all of the things here. Maybe I don't. Now you're feeling a little bit insecure. Your boss is mad at you because you didn't know what you were doing. So now he's jumping on your case. And so you got all of that happening at work. Then you come home. Your kids are a mess. They're not doing well in school. They're disobeying. They're being disrespectful, whatever it is. Then you get into an argument with your spouse and that just tops the whole week off. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man, that's a a bad week. I get that, right? Look, anybody would understand at this point, whatever happened after that, you know, it's such a bad week. And and then the, 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 the argument with the spouse just, man, it really set you off. So what did you do? You go to your favorite online stores, or maybe you get in your car and you go to your favorite physical store location and... You drop a couple of hundred dollars that you know you had no business spending. Or you're in a different tax bracket, you drop a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> we get why it happened. We understand, right? Like it was just too much for you. You lost though. Like let's just call it what it is. You lost. Some of you though, you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that was a great story, Brantley, but you don't understand. It's not one week for me. It's been week after week after week after week for me. Like this whole year started with somebody passing. You know, I I lost my job at the beginning of the year and I've been working hard. I thought my education would get me a better job. I thought my resume would get me a better job. And, you know, now I'm to the point where I've been struggling to find that job and I've still got to figure out how to take care of my family and I'm letting them down and I'm spending so much time stressed and worried and trying to figure out what's next that I have no time for the kids. I have no time for my spouse. So now I'm feeling like I don't really know what I'm doing for my family at this point. I finally find a job halfway through the year and now it's beneath all of the standards that I've ever had in my entire life. So now I don't know how much I'm actually worth in my job. I'm not making money. I never would have taken this job to begin with. It's beneath me. It's terrible. It's a dark place. I can't stand working there. And now things are breaking at the house. My car is breaking down. You don't understand. It's been hit after hit after hit. I can't catch a break. So what happens? Well, maybe for you, you go online, you visit an adult website. Maybe for you, what's more sinister than the overt, like everybody's like, oh yeah, adult websites, we know bad, bad stuff, right? Maybe for you, it's more sinister though, because it's, it's way beneath the surface. And so for you, whenever you go to handle that situation, you get online and you go to social media. And it's not, for, it's not so that you can check in on, on your friends and celebrate with your friends and family that are, are having good things go their way. But instead for you, you get on there because you're like, well, at least I'm not as bad as you fill in the blank. Let's call it what it is. It was too much for you. This year, it's been too much for you. Last year, it's too much for you. And you lost Here's, here's what's interesting about this, okay? So we don't like identifying ourselves as losers. We don't like identifying ourselves as sinners, right? But that's where, honestly, a lot of us live, is in this space where we're like, man, I lost, I sinned. And if I admit that, then I'm just a sinner. 
And you know what happens whenever you start to identify yourself as a sinner? You start to live in this space that says everything in my life is really probably revolving around sin. It's revolving around less in life. And you surprise yourself whenever you do something saintly. You're like, oh, well, I read my Bible. That's good. All right, Jesus, are we okay? I've read my Bible. I listen to worship music, right? And so like whenever you live in this space that says like I'm a sinner, and this is just what sinners do. Sinners sin. That's just what we do. Well, then what we do is we find ourselves in the space that we say, I'm a sinner who sometimes acts like a saint. And the only time I act like a saint is whenever I do something that's overtly spiritual, like reading my Bible, like praying for somebody, like giving money to the homeless person, like tithing, whatever it is. So I, I achieve a saint status for a period, a, a very short period of time. But that's not the reality that Christ followers live in. We were bought with a price. We were transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. And so what that means is you are now a royal priesthood. You are a chosen race. You're God's holy possession. He says that you are his inheritance. You are his children and he loves the heck out of you. You are not sinners who sometimes act like saints. You are saints who sometimes sin. And that changes the perspective it changes the perspective because I don't live in a space that says that I, I sin a majority of the time and I only visit sainthood every once in a while. No, I live in this space that says I am a saint on a majority of my life. I actually do a pretty good job of following Jesus. Sure, we all have things that we want to do better at, but you know what? I live my life in a space that every text message I sent I'm responsible to Jesus. Every argument I get into, I'm responsible to Jesus. Every time I turn the alarm off, I'm responsible to Jesus for planning out the rest of my day. That's where we live. And you've been lied to for so long, you believe that you're just a sinner. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. I, I think we just have to understand that there are times, right, where we just get in over our heads. We just have those, those times where we're just not strong enough. And we have to be willing to say, ah, well, that was too much. It's not where I live, but that was definitely too much. Reminds me, I went to uh, Panama City Beach with my children back in September. And I'm not the type of person that uh, the whole idea of laying out on the beach is like a thing for me. I don't, I don't do that. You're like, surprise, right, I get that. <laughs> You're drinking kickstart and trying to preach. We get it. You don't like sitting. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah. I, I, like to, I like to have something to do whenever I'm at the pool or at the beach or whatever. And so we got a week of being at the beach. I'm like, Lord, I have got to have something to do. Um, and so I, I buy a skimboard, a pretty nice skimboard. I, I had done it once whenever I was a kid. And I was like, I remember that being pretty cool. So a skimboard is, I don't know, yay big, kind of like a surfboard, super thin. And you throw it across uh, just the surf, like very thin water. Um, and you run, you jump on it, and you ride it. And it seems like, a, seems like a cool thing. So whenever I bought it, though, like the problem happened where the algorithm is like, oh, Brantley's really interested in this. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know that I was, but now I really am. <clears throat> and so all these YouTube videos start coming up with skimboarders. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm gonna learn all of the things. 
And I see these guys that are throwing skim boards and they take off and they run and they, they ride it forever. I'm like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and then the coolest part is you'll see some of these guys, they'll ride it forever. Then they, they turn into a wave, hit it and they jump off. I'm like, I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> so now I have this weird imaginative story in my head <laughs> as to what's going to happen for me whenever I go to the beach. And we find, so we get there and uh, we found this little pipe coming out that had water coming out that led a path through the sand. I don't know what it was, probably sewage. And, <laughs> but uh, we're all excited, you know, cause now we have this space that it's the right amount of water and we don't have to deal with waves as we're learning. So we're doing it the first couple of times, like we go maybe eight to 10 inches. And we're like, yes, we didn't die. Okay, we're on, our, we're on the road to, to success here. And so, we're doing that. Day three comes along, and I'm like, I'm ready to go expert. <laughs> All of the YouTube videos that I have seen are now rapidly flashing through my head. And the motivational speeches that I have heard have combined with this. I'm like, I am a professional skimboarder. <laughs> and so I'm ready for my moment. I can see it playing out of my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this thing. I'm going to go running, jumping on it. I'm going to go. I'm going to ride it forever. I hit the wave. I'm going to backflip and land. And everybody on the, not only are my kids going to be like, I've got the coolest dad ever. Everybody on the beach is going to be like, I wish my dad was like that guy. <laughs> and so I, man, I'm ready for this moment. I throw this thing as hard as I can throw it. And I take off sprinting and I got the wind blowing through the little bit of hair that I have. I jump and I'm ready. So I jump and a little wave just comes and just barely moves it differently than where it's supposed to be. I land on it and no quicker that I landed on it did both of my feet whoo, straight up. And I came down hard. And can I tell you, like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It was pain so much that I wanted to throw up and cuss at the same time. All of my dreams, all of my dreams of being this incredible YouTube skimboarder are gone. Now I'm just a 37 year old man rolling around trying not to drown and cuss. <laughs> I got nothing left to do at that point except be like, well, that was too much. Why did I ever think I could go from beginner to expert level in three days? It makes zero sense, but I'm going to tell you something. That's where a lot of you sinners, I'm sorry, saints live. Y'all live in this world that ends up putting you in bad situations. You put yourself in bad situations over and over and over again when we should be just going, that's too much for me to handle. And then we wonder why we can never get out of that. We're never strong enough because we live in this space. Let's go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. We're going to start in uh, verse 14. Now, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't supposed to be funny. 
We're off of the funny stuff. This is real life for this kid. He's demon possessed. Take it easy. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't know how you recover from laughing at that. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, that was too much. Well-timed. Okay. We're going to do our best to get back on this serious topic. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So disciples have a problem. They have this demon possessed boy that they're supposed to cast the demon out of the boy. They can't do it. And Jesus comes along and they're like, hey, what happened? And he said, you weren't strong enough. It's too much for you. That's what, that's what happened. The littleness of your faith, right? It, it, was, it, it was just too much. They couldn't handle it, right? And I love, like, Jesus, his response to them is not, you're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be able to conquer this. You're never going to be able to deliver another demon-possessed boy. But at the same time, the other thing that he does is he doesn't say, if you want to be able to do this, go find a bunch of other demon-possessed boys and just hope that it's going to work better next time. That's what we do a lot of times in sin. Like, we all have our own thing, whether it's outbursts of anger, whether it's you got problems online, whether it's you got financial issues that you can't control, or, or you're a malicious gossip. I don't know, whatever it is for you, right? You get into these situations, and you do it over and over and over again, and you're like, oh, man, I know, I feel bad all the time. I always feel bad about it, but I can never seem to conquer it. But let me go right back into it. Like all the way, and I'm going to just put myself in a position, I know I can't handle it, but I'm going to do it again. That's where we find ourselves a lot of times. And then we expect, we pray and we're like, God, please, like, let this not be a thing for me anymore. Okay, but that's not, that's not Jesus' response whenever he finds that his disciples weren't strong enough to handle something from the enemy. Like, this, I need you to understand, you're dealing with something from the enemy. <clears throat> this is not something that is just... Uh, um, it's not something that's strictly natural for you. Yes, you, your natural person, your physical body has participation in this, 100%. But this is also a, a specialized attack on your life. You got to understand that. The enemy knows that you're not strong enough to deal with it. He wants you to end up in that same position over and over and over again because what's going to happen is the more times you lose, the more times you associate yourself as a loser, the more times you associate yourself with being a sinner, and the less times you're going to find yourself living in such a way that you are the saint that you're called to be. But Jesus, I think, has such kindness for us that we don't even fathom. I'll tell you, for me, I... I I learned a lot this past year with my wife uh, getting sick and passing. I learned so much about the Lord's kindness through what all I had to do for her. And right, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a human. I'm a human. I, I was a husband. Um, 
But we have a heavenly father who's perfect in creation. He's a, he's a perfect husband to us. And when my wife was half paralyzed, um, she, she would just make messes. It, it was impossible for her to not. She wasn't strong enough also to clean herself up. She wasn't strong enough to avoid the mess that was going to happen. She just wasn't strong enough. And, and as a human husband that loved my wife, I would come in and I would, I would know it. I, I, I would expect it. You're in this situation again, right? For her, it was, it was food, right? Just eating. Eating was such a struggle. And I'd be like, she's gonna eat. I know she's gonna eat. I know she's gonna make a mess because she's just not strong enough to, to, do, to, to handle it. She's not strong enough to clean herself up. And so what would I do? I would come in lovingly. I would just clean her up. I knew she, she wasn't gonna be able to do it. I know that about her. And then there was a period of about two months where she started getting better and a little bit stronger. And I could start to say, hey, why don't you try doing this this time? And, and she would make less messes. And eventually she was able to clean herself up a little bit. Eventually, I, she went back downhill fast. And, and whenever I realized that she couldn't avoid the messes anymore again, what did I do? I just cleaned her up. I think that there are so many people, so many Christians that believe God has no idea what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. I, I think we need a God in our lives that we could look in the eyes and, and he could just say, hey, I knew you weren't strong enough for this. It's okay. I'm just gonna clean you up. Every time you get into this situation, I know it's not what you want for your life. You're not strong enough. I'll just clean you up. And look, this is not an excuse for sin. Sin is sin, okay? In Romans, it says that his kindness leads us to repentance. But I think we have a God who, he knew us before the foundation of the world. He, he knows all of the different life situations that have led you to that situation. He, he knows all of the trauma in your life that has led you to that situation. He knows every detail of your personality that has led you to this situation. And we serve a God who is so kind and so loving that he, he's gonna walk in and he's gonna go, look, I know this isn't what you wanted. I know you lost. I'm gonna just clean you up. But he doesn't leave us there. I think it's important for us to say, just like Jesus said to his disciples, we lost. It was too much. But then what does Jesus do? He doesn't leave them there and he doesn't put them back in a situation where it's impossible for them to overcome. No. He gives them the reason, right? He identifies the loss and he gives them the reason for the loss. Why did you lose? Why were you not able to do this? Because you weren't strong enough in your faith. You had littleness of faith. So how are you gonna do this eventually? eventually you're going to be able to conquer this. But the way that you're going to do that is you've got to build your faith. And the way that you build your faith is through prayer and fasting. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. And you haven't done enough of that yet. You want to be able to cast demons out of little boys. Well, guess what? You've got to go back to work on the little things. Don't work on your prayer for, for casting stuff out. That's not where the problem is. The problem is you haven't spent enough time by yourself praying and fasting. 
He's like, you're not strong enough to handle that, but you are strong enough to handle this. And if you keep working on this, eventually, you're going to get strong enough to handle that. But it takes time. And we have a really, really patient God. We're so impatient with ourselves. His kindness leads us to repentance, but he's so patient with us. And he knows, I know you can't handle that. Every time you get into that situation, I know right now you're not strong enough. That's okay. Let me clean you up. Let me show you how to go back to work. First John. Let's go to First John. First John 3, 7. Um, If you come to membership class, I'm going to teach on this as well. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he. That's a capital H there. That's talking about Jesus. Just as he is righteous. See, I think it's it's important for us to understand uh, the difference between practice time and game time. I'm I'm a baseball coach. I get to yell at kids, and um, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's a big difference as, as I coach them, the difference between practice time and game time. <clears throat> See, in practice, uh, there's not as much pressure. There's hardly any pressure unless you're getting yelled at a lot. <laughs> um, but there's not as much pressure in practice. And in practice, you can really focus on small things, small details. See, in a game, game time, there's a lot of pressure. You got one shot, right? It's, it's going to be hit to you. I'm, t- I'm talking baseball, by the way, uh, just so that you're following the metaphor. Uh, ball's hit to you, and you only have one opportunity to, to, to make the play, to field the ball correctly, make the correct throw, make the correct decisions. Right? It's all happening so fast. And for a lot of you in here, like uh, sin, that's what happens to you. Whenever you get into those crazy situations, everything's happening so fast. You're so overwhelmed. You're so stressed out. You don't know what else to do. You're tired. You're angry, upset, whatever it is. All of these things are happening. And now instead of everything moving slow and you being able to think clearly, you're just reacting. You're reacting. And so now because you're reacting, you find yourself in a bad situation that you're not strong enough to handle. So what do we do? We go back to practice. That's where we find our righteousness with Jesus. Jesus knows we're going to fail in game time sometimes. And any time that you fail in a game, what do you do? You go back to practice. In practice, we can focus on approaching the ball correctly, right? I want you to think about this specific movement. I want you to focus on this specific step. I want you to focus on this arm placement. Whatever it is, we can focus on the small things. Because if we focus on the small things, the big things are going to take care of themselves, So you want to know how to win more in your Christian life. If you want to learn how to uh, operate in this saint world more and in the sin world less, you go back to practice. And this is where we are able to have our confidence in who Jesus is as as we move forward and and we're going to sin sometimes. We can have confidence in our saint status in that we know, look, we're going to get it wrong sometimes, but I practice constantly getting it right. For those of you in here that, um, I want to I wanna give you an example, okay? So for those of you in here that have ever struggled with porn, okay, there, there's a whole lot of steps that lead up to you going off the deep end down a, a bad path uh, on the computer. Whole lot of steps that lead up to that, right? <clears throat> so whenever I had my issues with that, I, <clears throat> look, I, I could look back and see all of the steps that led up to it. While in the moment, at 3 o'clock in the morning with a computer in front of you is not the time to try to fight that. 
you lost. You done lost at that point, right? Where it starts is reading your Bible, praying. I'll tell you where it starts for most men is not looking away whenever women are walking in front of you. That's where it starts for most men. I can, I can know about myself, like, hey, there are different steps leading up to going off the deep end. So for me, the intentional decisions that I make is that as a woman walks in front of me at Kroger, I look away. I look down. It's an intentional decision. I may not be strong enough to handle that, but I can be strong enough to say, I need to look away right now. I can at least control that. I can't control everything in my life, but I am strong enough to control this. And you start to find, I am strong enough to control the next thing. I am strong enough to get the phone or the computer out of my room. I am strong enough. Look, you want to talk about living like a saint? Go to bed at a decent time. Who knew going to bed could be st saint status? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now. Look, whether you're dealing with porn, whether you're dealing with anger, whether you're dealing with stress, anxiety, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you right now, if you can intentionally start going to bed on time, you're going to have less problems. Because there's so much nonsense and darkness spiritually that happens whenever there's darkness physically around you. Figure out what time you need to be in bed and remove excess darkness from your life. That, going to bed, is now saint status. Why? Because you're strong enough to make that decision. And that can keep you out of a worse one. Does that make sense? Ultimately, we have the ability to go back to practice. And for you, it's going to start, though, with you being really honest with yourself and starting to analyze all the different details of your life because all the details live in saint status until it slips into sin. So we need to be willing to have those conversations with ourselves at the end of every day. Hey, text messages that I sent, win or lose. Thoughts that I had, did I win or did I lose? Places that I visited, did I win or did I lose? Money that I spent, did I win or did I lose? If we can do that and identify those losses, we don't live in the loss. But we say, I failed here. I wasn't strong enough here. This was too much. Let me go back to work on the little things that I, that I am strong enough to handle. And that is how you're going to move forward. Let's pray. God, thank you so much, Lord, for today. Thank you for... Um, just being so good to us, so kind to us, Lord. As we're trying to figure this out, Lord, as we're trying to deal with things that are too much for us, God, Lord, as we fail, as we get stressed out, God, as we cave to the pressure that we didn't realize was there, in Jesus' name, I pray for strength, God, not even strength to handle the big stuff, God, but Lord, just show us how to have strength in the little stuff. Lord, show us the little things that we need to attack. Show us the little things that we need to work on, God, because the little things will add up to the big things, God, to where eventually we no longer even have to worry about the stuff that was too much for us. Help us to go back to work, Lord, 
and live in saint status with you, God. Lord, we love you so much, God, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.